0: Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark, and uh, this is E3. And welcome. We are in the fifth week of a series uh, based on a book I wrote called Immersion. And uh, basically, the crust of it is: What does it look like to live in the light of the resurrection? And more specifically, what does it really mean to, in the 21st century, to live out the great commandment, loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul? all of your mind, all of your strength, and loving others uh, equally to yourself. Uh, over the past few weeks, we looked at these different things and, and really how, uh, looking at how we tangibly live it out. Now, today we're at loving God with all of your strength. And I know the perception that this is my, this is my one. You know, this is, you know, I'm a healthy guy and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, the reality is, I, you know, I've struggled with this uh, in the past. I, I struggle with it in the, in the current, in the present. But I was like joking around at staff meeting this week. And I said, you know what I should do is I should start out for five or ten minutes with a hellfire and brimstone tithing message and then just stop and you'll all be so relieved that you'll be open to hearing about my thoughts on uh, loving God with all of your strength. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. But you know, the reality is that this is a problem area in, in all of our lives. Even uh, the ancients, uh, Paul wrote, uh, if you remember reading it, in, in Scripture, that he says, "His spirit." is willing but his flesh his his body is weak. You know we we've all kind of given ourselves over to these different things and and you know we live in this in a physical world and God calls our bodies our temples and today we're going to kind of like unpack that and really try to figure out What does it really look like to love God with all of your strength right here in Tallahassee in the 21st century? Now, through this metaphor that I've been using about my swim from Alcatraz Island to uh, the shores of San Francisco, and we talked about the water being unpredictable, and that's kind of like our heart, our emotions. We talked about, about when you're swimming, you need to breathe, right? or you won't get that far, and that's breathing in every breath of, of God, and, and uh, last week we talked about navigating in open water, how it's not like swimming in a pool where you have a black line at the bottom of the, of the pool, and lane lines, and you only have to go 25 yards, but you actually have to pick up your head and all these kind of different things. Well, this week we're talking about the kick, and I came across a quote from a phenomenal athlete named uh, Sarah Mallory and uh, Sarah said this. She said, "First is balance. Your upper body and your legs talking about swimming should share the effort of you moving through the water. Specifically, your arms should make up 50 to 70% contribution to your forward propulsion while your legs should account for the remaining 50 to 30%." Swimmers who drag their legs behind their body with almost no visible kick are missing out on the potential core power that is derived from the hips. I get this. I have a really weak kick in the pool. In fact, people have made fun of me. I can almost, you know, hear the snickers when I'm on my kickboard, you know, and kicking furiously trying to get 25 yards to the other side. I, I don't know what it is uh, about the kick. Class. I feel like I have really strong legs. Like, I, I think that I could, you know, lift you. I, I think I could kick a cat probably 26, 46 yards. You know, just kidding. Don't write me an email. Uh, I would never kick a cat 46 yards. Uh, <laughs> But for some reason, when I'm in the water, the, the legs just, uh, they, don't, they don't move fast enough. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I, they, they drag. And, and I've had coaches, you know, to kind of try to help. Even after the last gathering, somebody said, have you tried pigeon toed? You know, I'll try it, but it's probably not going to work. I even had one dear friend tell me, why don't you just not kick? Just give up entirely, you know. I mean, and it, you know, all these, and I think there, there's this gamut, right, with with diets, or or if we're sucked into pornography, or if we, or uh, if we have a problem with uh, drugs or alcohol or or something like that. Everybody, everybody is ready with with some sort of helpful advice to to get us through to help fix our problem. But I I think it might be deeper than that. And I think for a lot of us, the kick spiritually, the kick loving God with all of our strength is the weak link in our our holistic kind of approach to holistically loving God and loving people. You know, the reality is when you don't feel well, you don't do anything very well. Like when you're sick, when you're not feeling well, and you're throwing up or, or something like that, You know, how many of us are thinking about being the tangible hand of Christ, right? How many of us are thinking about serving Christ or, or thinking of bigger things intellectually or, or really wanting to love on our kids or our spouse or something like that? No. I mean, our, our physical bodies are a major, if not the primary, influencer in how we view the world. And I read a disturbing statistic the other day, a few months ago. Uh, it was a, uh, a study put out by the U.S. government. And if you can't believe the U.S. government, you can't trust them. Who can you trust, right? So this is what they found. They found that 25.6% percent of Americans 25.6 percent of Americans are obese that's staggering that is staggering and I was thinking about that and I was like well surely evangelical Christians surely people who have a high view of scripture think scripture is the word of God right that 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 people who believe that Jesus Christ is the, the son of God that 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 they would have a different approach, especially in light of, of scripture like 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't you realize your, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must, you must honor God with your body. So surely. Those of us who are followers of Christ, that, that we would take kind of that scripture and, and, and other scriptures that talk about, about respecting the gift that God has given us to heart. Well, Purdue University actually did a study. And they found out that 27% of Bible-believing Christians are obese. For those of you who are doing the math, that's 1.4% more Christians, people who say they believe in the Word of God, are obese over just the general population. That's staggering. Especially when you read verses like Romans 12, verse 2, where Paul writes, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I don't think when Paul said, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, did he mean take what they're doing and exceed them? Right? He's saying, you know what? There's a different way to approach life and how we view our bodies, our temple, should be vastly different than how we other people of the world who are not followers of Christ approach their health. I believe it all really comes down to it from, a, from an ancient heresy, believe it or not. Uh, all, this heresy is about 1,900 years old, and a heresy basically is a, a false twist on, on truth. And this ancient heresy is called Docism, and it's out of Gnosticism. And basically, what Docism is, is this this idea that Jesus was not physical, that he was an apparition, that he was only spirit, and that all things that are physical are evil, and that our ultimate prize is to be released from our physical bodies. And basically the church came out, the, the church the fathers of church, uh, the, or of church and stuff like that came out across, against this and said, whoa, that is a false teaching. But I think that it, especially since the Industrial Revolution that, that many of us have fallen into this, this kind of new dosicism, that this new kind of uh, thinking that maybe that the physical is not evil, but it is inconsequential. Kind of the idea of Jesus loves me on the inside, which is true, but he also gave you your body, which God calls his temple. And I think when we kind of set aside the physical and say it's not, it's inconsequential is our life gets out of balance. When we kind of try to compartmentalize our spiritual life to just what is unseen or untouchable. We kind of talked about that nonsense aspect of it last week. That our life gets out of balance. You see, Christ came for all of us, not just our spirit, not just our hearts, not just our minds, not just to get us to do things for Him, to be His tangible hand, but He also came for the physical. And when we miss out on that, and when we do not take that as a gift, it throws everything out of balance, and and it becomes nearly impossible for us to live out the life that Christ has envisioned for us. There's a beautiful young lady in our church named Amanda who uh, took the time to visit with me this week uh, uh, to talk about her journey In this, I met uh, Amanda three years ago. She comes to the 7 p.m. gathering, and uh, she's had an amazing transformation. I want you to watch the video of our visit together. Thanks for coming today, Amanda.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, And um, you know, you've been on a on a journey. Past how long? Would you say?
1: Um, it's been the last real, real three years. Three years.
0: Mm. So about three years ago. Uh, you kind of came to a point in your life. Tell us a little bit about where you were three years ago.
1: Three years ago, I was in a very dark place. Um, I was succumbed by depression and anxiety and pain, um, physically, mentally, in every way possible. Um, and I just didn't, There, it didn't seem like there was a way up or that it was getting any better. Um, no matter what the doctor said, no matter you know what I tried, they had me on I can't even tell you how many medications. Um, and I just finally came to a place where it was just like, you know, I don't know how much more this I can take. I don't.
0: Now, when I really first started to get to know you, um, uh, you were you were a lot heavier than you are now. Yeah and um and so much so you had to use a cane to to get around and do you feel comfortable telling us a little bit about um just what that was like
1: um for lack of a better word it was my own prison i felt like i was in prison like I, i couldn't leave my house um i couldn't go anywhere you know that because anywhere I went, anything I did was uncomfortable, or i didn't fit or i didn't i just couldn't ambulate i couldn't move around I was barely mobile, and that's you know putting it nicely i was I was barely able to get from my car to inside the church or from one side of my house to the other um so i was I was in my own prison
0: How tall are you, and how much did you weigh at this point?
1: Um, I'm five eleven and at that point my highest recorded weight was four
0: hundred and fifty pounds. Four hundred and fifty pounds. For the first probably year and a half of knowing you and, and uh a lot of your kind of participation in E three was was receiving. Yeah. And really over the past year and a half I've seen a complete turnaround I you know I don't see the cane anymore and seeing you in the French Townsers um, there's been some great pictures of you uh, during this remodeling process of you know painting and getting down and 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 do it you know just working your your tail off really and uh, and just really serving and t- tell tell me a little bit about, about how that's made you feel, uh, being able to not be uh, held back uh, by, by your prison anymore, and really making a huge impact uh, in, the, in this community.
1: It's, uh, it's been such a positive change for me, because I went from being completely secluded in my own world and, you know, barely leaving the house, I was even at a point diagnosed, you know, agoraphobic. Because for me, you know, doing anything outside of my, my little world was just very painful. So for me to be able to, you know, participate in things like, you know, going over and, and, and playing with toddlers and being able to get on the ground and, you know, to be able to come here and be a part of this community. That has been such a huge part in, in shaping my spiritual journey. It's just it's amazing. So
0: help me understand um how you view kind of loving God with all of your strength and really your body as a temple. How how is that impacted or how how is that how is that um interlaced with your spiritual life and your emotional life and things like that. Do you, do you have words for that?
1: Um, it plays a big part because, you know, part of loving God holistically is loving God with all of your strength and all of your soul and all of your heart. And I felt like I wasn't doing that because I wasn't in a place where I could be what God needed me to be. Because I had this I've always felt that there was something deep down inside me some purpose you know God had for me some reason I was here and I wasn't able to to live you know, that out to, yeah to live that out at all in any way shape or form so for me it's been a huge impact and spiritually to finally be able to to find that place where loving God with all of my heart, soul, mind, holistically, completely, including taking care of myself. I mean, that's a vital, important part of loving God holistically, because I, mean, I, can, I can pray and I can you know, come to service and I can do all these other things, but unless I take care of what you know, God has entrusted me with, none, none, of, the, none of the other stuff matters.
0: Yeah, Amanda's dropped over uh, 2,000 pounds, or 2,000, 200 pounds. <clears throat> and those of you who are friends with her on Facebook, I've been friends with her past uh, several years. Um, just seeing the changes in her, just her status updates and and her pictures and things like that are just, I mean, it's just incredible, just the moving from... Kind of self to kind of looking at others, and and uh, she posts like healthy recipes all the time and scripture and seeing all the pictures of her, um, you know, down on the ground playing with like kids, and you know, with the kids down in Frenchtown or or painting and stuff like that. Just just a radical just change in not only her her physical but her emotional and her, and her spiritual, and it's just. It's just been an amazing transformation. And where she basically had to get to and having conversations with her is that, that our bodies, loving God with all your strength, is a lordship issue. It just is. It's just coming down and saying, you know what? Who is going to be lord of my body? Who is going to be lord of my physical? Who is going to be lord of my strength? And start changing the way that we think and saying, you know what, Christ is Lord. That this is, my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit and I'm going to approach life in that way. You know, so many people, they, they don't really think about Jesus in, in those, the, that context. But the truth is that Jesus cares about your body. Jesus cares about your body. Do you know, do you know uh, what Jesus' main activity was when he was here on earth? Like, I ask people that, and it's amazing to me. It's, it's like I, whenever I ask a question like that, it's like I find the secret, you know, Sunday school button. If you were like raised in sunday school you you have one it's just finding that that button It usually has to do with with jesus i'm i'm a jesus guy i'm not banging on jesus i just saying you touch that and you say in the and, and it's like you get this 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 you know uh just reflex response why did jesus come die for our sins okay That took about three days, that part, out of of 33 years. Stay with me here. Now, that is paramount to our faith. I am not putting that aside at all. But he had 32, 353 other days, right? What was going on during those times? And this is what I feel that he was doing for most of his life. He was being a revelation. He was being the revelation to God of God to us. In John chapter 14, Jesus said this, If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him because you have seen him. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Jesus' purpose here on earth was to be the incarnate revelation of God to us, to understand who God is. And the truth is, when you look at the New Testament, you look at the recorded history of Jesus, a great portion of his time was a ministry of healing. In fact, as I look through Scripture, I found 34 times that he did a specific healing. But also, Mark and Matthew record that this was one of his main activities, that people would come and they would get healed by Jesus all the time. Jesus cared about people's physical well-being. You know how many sermons Jesus gave? I give four on a Sunday. How many sermons can you find in the the New Testament? One. Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. Now that's stuff that I have to deal with. But... You know, you might be saying to yourself, well, Jesus really wasn't the sermon giving type, right? Like he would like to walk around. He liked to tell stories and parables and things like that, which I'd grant you. Okay, maybe they weren't traditional sermons, but... Only 57 recorded parables, and a lot of those, you know, were one point illustrated by three different stories. But my point is not here to kind of make a hierarchical structure of value. Don't take it that way. But the truth is that Jesus spent an awful lot of time healing people's physical problems. Now, I've had people push back on this and say, well, he did that so he could build a platform. That he, could, that, he, pe- that he could finally, like, people would see, oh, you healed him and you must, there's something special about you. Oh, yeah? Then why did most of the, his healings, he tell the people after he healed them, what would he tell them? Paula, don't tell anybody, right? I have my bachelor's of science in marketing. Let me tell you something. This is marketing 101. If you're trying to promote something, you have to tell people. If you're trying to promote something, you got to put it on Facebook, you got to you got to, you know, tell people, you got to you got to promote it. Jesus wasn't marketing here. He wasn't trying to market himself as the revelation of God. He was connecting people with people on a personal level that he encountered people who that were hurting Physically, and he took the time to touch them and to heal them in a personal way. And there's only one explanation for that. Jesus cares about our bodies, and he cares because the very reason that we started out talking about. When we do not feel well, it impacts every aspect of of our life. So what is loving God with all of your strength? What is it? And I don't think that we'll be able to unpack that completely here today, but there is one aspect that that I want to bring into that I think all of us can do. There's this, this idea of, of kind of uh, food and, 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 and activity and, and all of these kind of things that most of us have completely out of whack. And some of us, we, we, we take in too much energy. Some of us do not take in enough energy. And we don't really see kind of food as, as its intent. And we don't look at activity as it's intended, and we definitely don't look at rest the way it was intended. And the the truth is, when we are trying to experience some sort of physical excellence, the, the baseline thing that we have to figure out is how to listen to our body. And this is through Scripture and all sorts of other ways, but I just want to bring this simple principle. Our energy, which is kind of the new way of saying calorie, I'm so happy that they're starting to move away from calorie because no one knows what calorie means. Calorie means energy. So you look at a food thing it says, how much energy is this? And let's just use an arbitrary number, 100. Okay, there's 100 energy in here. Well, that means energy is to fuel activity. Energy fuels activity. And if you don't have enough energy to fuel the activity, you're not going to be able to do that activity very well. If you take on too much fuel for that activity, then you will be weighed down and you will not be able to do it very well. And the idea is to figure out the healthy balance of your energy needs and your activity needs. And I've spoken with so many people, it's like, well, I just don't want to do that. That's too much work. Okay. Is it too much work to figure out how much gas to put in your car? Something that you may keep for five or six years. If you are, are going to go on a trip, I don't know, pick a place. What's driving distance? Tampa. You are going to Tampa. And you, Key West, even better, you know, uh, you're going there. Are you going to take the time to make sure that you have enough fuel in your tank to go to Tampa or Key West or wherever you're going? Of course you are. But even if you're going to T- Key West and you know that you're going to have to fill up more than once, you're not going to sit and, and overfill your car by like 20 gallons, right? It just wouldn't make any sense. And the truth is that so many of us take care of a piece of scrap metal that will end up in, in a recycling place someday than we do our, the body of, or the temple for the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We need to take the time to find out how much energy do I need based on the activity level that I'm doing. And then this is a huge one, rest. Rest. God rested. Jesus rested. So shalt you rest. Right? And you're never going to be able to get past and and really experience. Uh, a sense of physical excellence until you figure out these three things and figure out how to get them into balance. I think the best definition of physical excellence is this from Scripture. In 1 Corinthians, we've already hit this one in verse 6. says, run from sexual sin. No other sin is so clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you at a high price. So you must not, uh, you know, here's a good suggestion for you. This might be a good thing for you to do. But those of us, it's a lordship issue. Those of us who want to be fully devoted followers of Christ must honor God with our body. Now, Paul here is talking about primarily sexual sin because it's a relational thing that it can tear apart our soul. But there's also, the Bible talks about gluttony. And gluttony is not one big meal at Thanksgiving. You know, somebody came up to me afterwards like... You knew I had chocolate ice cream and potato chips last night. Well, that's disgusting, but if that's your thing, whatever. I mean, you can have chocolate ice cream and potato chips. Now, that's just not your diet every day for the rest of your life. Remember, bringing into balance. And then First Thessalonians 4, verse 3. God's will is for you to be holy. God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from sexual sin. Again, this kind of this primary, primary one. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans do, who do not know God and his ways. See, this, this idea of changing the way we think about our bodies and what we put in our bodies and how we use our bodies and how we rest our bodies to bring in a level of physical excellence and a way to love God with all of our strength. And I just want to close with this. And I wrote it down, so I want to, I want to read it to you um, just so I get it right. Followers of Christ should treat their bodies which are the temple for the Holy Spirit with respect and reverence. Health is not a right. It's not a right. It is a gift, a gift that can be misused, maltreated, and damaged. Loving God with all your strength entails you treating your body as something holy, something set aside for God's purpose. If we do that and change the way we think and allow christ to be lord of our lives in this area we will be closer to living out the life that christ has envisioned for us will you guys pray with me Dear god i know that this is a a heavy one for for most of us in different ways for some of us it's food for some of us it's substance abuse For some of us, it's just uh, uh, sexual brokenness in some form. (laughs) All of us, I think, could cry out, God, the Spirit is willing, but our bodies are weak. Lord, just give us the people in our, our lives to encourage us to live out the vision that you have for our lives, that we can be... A community that, that is moving toward that end. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.